Welcome, everybody. It is an absolutely insane month of May, and we are still only halfway through all the Premier League football that we are going to see. Uh, Jordan and Adam here with you again this week for an edition of We Ate All the Pies to break down some of the craziness, Jordan. It has been absolutely crazy. Um, if we if we say April was a month of uh, consistency at uh, at both ends, um, this is a mo- this is a month of just absolute silliness. And I, I I think you know maybe the maybe the coronation has something to do with it. You know, <laughs> um, just you know bringing back the traditions of English football. I mean, God, Sam Allardyce has a job again. You know, so yeah. uh, maybe <laughs> Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce, Roy Hodgson, and David Moyes are all still managing in the Premier League in the year of our Lord 2023. Maybe Let's just get that into our heads. You know the uh, the the wave of you know training and you know um, you know regimen uh, you know with with your diet that Arsene Wenger brought to the forefront of English football. Maybe with Brexit. And then ultimately these signings um, with these managerial signings, um, the the time has become a flat circle. English football is back. Um, maybe, you know, you know what we need? We need Vinnie Jones on a touchline somewhere, you know? <laughs> now you talk, talk about somebody who would get, if, 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 if we think Deserby is, is a crazy man on the sidelines, just wait till you get Vinny Jones there. Um, yeah, just I mean it's it's been it's been insane, and we've had more midweek footballs. We're trying to make up time from the uh, the World Cup break, and so we've had a lot of that this week. Um, Arsenal back to winning ways. West Ham probably not going to win a game for oh at least another few outings. Um, back in the relegation zone. Liverpool are, are on the ascendancy. Brighton are doing well. Uh, Everton, and Leicester still struggling. Um, but let's let's just start with with the. Let's uh, <laughs> just. I, I think it's aptly. It's 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 an apt name. Let's just let's start with the elephant in the room. Uh, Big Sam Allardyce is back. <laughs> uh, Javi Gracia being dismissed by Leeds following their four-one defeat to Bournemouth on Sunday. Uh, Big Sam's first game in charge will be against Manchester City at the Etihad uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Um, We talked before, Jordan, about the appointment by Lester of Dean Smith and how that sort of looked like a move that was consolidating just in case the likely scenario that they got relegated. Yes. Is this a similar sign... uh, Move by leads. Do we, is this a okay? We, we resign that we're probably going down. You know, we've got some tough matches coming up. We're just going to bring in a guy who we think can try and steady the ship, but more importantly, manage us in the championship and hopefully bring us right back up. Is that that kind of move, or is this really just a super super desperate uh, method to, uh, by which leads are going to try and stay in the Premier League? I think it's the. I think it's the latter. With a hint of the former, if you will. Let me explain. Um, Big Sam is coming to do a job, especially how they ended. uh, They ended April uh, conceding the uh, what? Like, I think a record 28 goals in the month of April. Yeah, they conceded. 
So their defense, their defensive record has been disastrous. So it clearly wasn't working with Javi Garcia. So they, they, they get the, uh, the dial phone and they dial up big Sam and they, they, they haven't come in to do a job because I clearly think that there are teams at the bottom of the table, specifically Everton and Lester who have less of a fight in them than Leeds Leeds do. I think Leeds still has a bit of a pri- you know a pride in the uh, a pride in the, uh, the the dressing room that those other two kind of don't. And I think they they brought in Big Sam to a keep them up and b if they go down to bring them right back up. I wonder how what impacts Stuart Dallas's injury because uh, he played. Uh, he, he played and he started. He started thirty four games. Played thirty four games for Leeds last season. Had a decent rating as a defender, and he's been out with a, a broken leg. I wonder how much that has affected them defensively. Obviously, having Tyler Adams out, um, you know, also hurting them. Yeah, I, I, this this to me, I, I think this is just sheer desperation. And the reason I say that is because you know nothing, nothing against the same auto dice per se, but he's been out of the game for a while. He's been in the game. Uh, uh, you know, for for several years now, and I just don't, I, I don't know. This one kind of weirds me out. I don't understand. I also don't understand why changing a manager now is going to make a difference. I, I I don't really get that. I mean, even Aston Villa, to you know, when they, the only team that I've seen this work for is Crystal Palace, and that was bringing in a manager who had been there before and who knew some of the players. And so he wasn't necessarily starting with a clean slate. This is Sam Allardyce. This is a clean slate. I don't, I don't know what else he's going to do with this team. And I agree with you. If you want defensive football, there you go. Um, he's, he's it's that way to a fault. But I, I just don't see this working. I, I I I don't understand the move. You know, maybe you can say, well, appointing Gracia was a mistake. Well, yeah, but I, it's not going to make a difference now. I mean, if if that was a mistake, then you're going down. They do have some tough games coming up. They, so they go to City, as I mentioned. They host your Newcastle next weekend on May the 13th. Then they come to West Ham uh, on the following Sunday, and then they have the last day there at home against Tottenham Hotspur, so that'll be a win for them. But um, but I, I just I don't I don't get this one. I, I don't I don't see it. Am I happy that Big Sam is back? Absolutely. Is it gonna create some wonderful social media moments? You bet. Um, actually it already has. Uh, because uh, I guess in one of his first press conferences as Leeds boss, Sam Allardyce said that he was as good a manager and at the level of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. Uh, um, your, so your, your, your take on that, Jordan. <laughs> um, so he could say that in certain aspects. <laughs> like if he, if he was to say, yes, I'm a good uh, – I'm a good um, – as Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp in like pie eating <laughs> or, you know, um, creating, you know, uh, you know, creating scandal, you know, via betting. Um, yeah. Okay. No, Whoa. Time out. Wait, <laughs> how is, how does that, Oh, bet, so he's better than them. In that, yeah, in yeah, that. that's what okay. I'm saying. That's what so I'm I think saying. Meant, yes. like as good as I was just like I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola or and Jurgen Klopp have not had that kind of scandal. Jurgen Klopp's had a scandal, which we'll get into in a minute, but I, it's not that kind. No, um, I mean in terms of is he as good as Jurgen Klopp and celebrating a a 93rd minute goal 
and popping a hamstring? No. <laughs> but there are aspects to Sam Allardyce that are world-class. Um, looking like a bulldog. World-class. <laughs> Is there anything better? I mean, yeah, I, I don't really... I don't know. I guess I don't understand that. I, I mean, he spends... When was... I'm trying to think when the last time Sam Allardyce was was a manager of a team. I, I can't quite recall who he last managed. I'm trying to look this up real quick and see if we don't, if we, if, if I can find this. So, so he was at West Brom uh, for the second half of the 2020, 2021 season. Um, forgot he was at Everton. That happened. Forgot he was at Crystal Palace. I remember the Sunderland gig. Definitely remember the West Ham time. Although I didn't know he was there for that long. Um, man, don't I? I'm I'm nostalgic for the days when Sam Allardyce was a manager who we all respected, and because he he raised up Bolton Wanderers to a level that was so much higher than everybody anticipated. Had some really really good players come through there and got them playing together and doing well. Um, but I mean, it's it's just sort of been a a. I mean, I don't want to say comedy of errors. I think that's a little harsh, but he's he's just been bouncing around ever since then. Sort of like a, I don't know, like a, like a wayward English football toy who's been wound up and is just going from house to house. Will somebody play with me? Like that's that's kind of what it feels like. Like I don't know. I, I just I don't see this. I don't see this happening. I don't see this working out. And I and I I definitely don't know that he's the man to guide Leeds through the championship. Um, well, you don't see this working out. I'm hoping it works out because <laughs> I'd love to have him because, in the Premier League more. That'd be great. Because, because if it does, uh, then hopefully my my dream scenario happens, which is Everton is the second team that's going to drop. Southampton's already going to be relegated. That we we probably know that for a fact. Um, because uh, little 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 quick hit, you know. They played us Saturday. Uh, they got the early goal, and then you know Eddie Howe. I don't know what he did in the dressing room in the in, the, in, in between the first and second half. Maybe he threw a hair dryer, um, but the boys came out again and then just completely uh, flat tracked bully them. Yeah. I believe is the term. Um, but yeah, no Southampton. I think are down. I hope yeah, Everton I go down. Uh, and then I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, and I don't know if it, I don't know if this is probable. It's possible. There is a possibility this happens, and I hope it is. I hope, I hope, among all hopes, that this happens. Last day at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea needs a result against Newcastle to stay in the stay in the Premier League. I hope to hope to hope we are the ones to send them down because that would be so hilarious to watch Todd Bowley realize he spent $800 million, million, million dollars for players and he's going to be in the championship for a season. I think uh, I, I, I like your enthusiasm. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I appreciate your, your wishful thinking there. I mean, because I mean, even – Actually, so there was this um, in the the Hammers Reddit this week because West Ham have just been taking it on the chin lately. Um, there was a uh, somebody posted and said that Optostats had set 
the odds for relegation and that we were on the same we had the same chance percentage wise as Chelsea of going down and I wasn't entirely sure that I that made me confident in West Ham's ability to stay up in the Premier League based on the fact that we have the same chance as Chelsea because they've been they've been pretty horrific. Uh, let's see. I mean, Adam, uh, I, we're on six before... in all competitions. We're on six straight losses for Chelsea. Just to uh, I mean, can I ask you out. a question? Because you've been a fan of the Premier League a lot longer, or longer than my decade. Um, when have when have there has there ever been a time and maybe this is before our you know consumption of the product where you know a team would say oh man you know what we need a result here oh we play Chelsea next weekend okay we're gonna get the team right again and we're gonna move forward from that point I mean because that's what Arsenal needed this would Arsenal, have been, yeah I mean the last time someone would would have been able to say that would have been a long long time ago like the late eighties. <laughs> Maybe earlier. I mean, yeah, because <clears throat> they've. I mean, that's the thing. Like even before Roman Abramovich bought them, they were still like they they were still pretty decent. Like they weren't, you know, perennial uh, competitors at the top necessarily, or or you know, for for, for European spots necessarily. Um, but you didn't you didn't want to go play them because they had a lot of tough players. Um, you know, guys like I don't know, just off the top of my head, Dennis Wise. Um. You know, I think I think Mario Melchiot was, was there. He was he was a a, a big uh, sort of defensive uh, Chris, midfielder type. Chris Sutton. That would yeah. So that that yeah yeah. Chris Sutton. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I mean, uh, and now we're we're starting to get to the Abramovich era. But yeah. So I mean, they had good players for a long time. Uh, Graham Lasso can't miss him. NBC Sports Zone. Graham Lasso. So yeah, they, they've they've had good players for a while. It, it has been a while since you said, "Oh, we can we can get a result against Chelsea, no problem." So we can yeah. we can we could get we could get our form right, you know, like Arsenal. Yeah, they draw against they, you know they draw they draw against Southampton. They drew against Liverpool before that. Um, they get uh, bullied by Manchester City, and they you know they come in. Or did they, did they also draw West Ham too? I believe right. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then they come in and they just absolutely, yeah, whip the shit, whip whip the shit out of Chelsea on Tuesday. And it like I watched the first, you know, the first half because I gotten I I had gotten off work. I was eating some lunch, you know, popped it up on Directv on my phone, and I was like, are I was like, hold on, wait a minute, is that? Is that Chelsea? I was like, I was like, are they? Sh- are we sure that's not Chelsea's? You know, U twenty one team. Um, are we sure it's not all the players that Chelsea has on loan? Uh, because that, oh my god, that game was was exhausting uh, from Chelsea's uh, Chelsea uh, perspective. Um, let's talk about Chelsea real quick. Uh, what did I, I sent you, I think I sent you guys something earlier this week, um, that I think kind of points to, you know, sort of the turmoil at Chelsea and I guess more for, for Frank Lampard. Um, but, um, I, well, let me just explain. So, so the graphic is, it's from BBC sports. 
in the last 20 games that Frank Lampard has managed, he has a grand total of one win, two draws, and 17 defeats. He has seen his teams, uh, I'm guessing this would be just Everton and Chelsea, um, he has seen his teams concede 40 goals and only score 12 of them. I mean, this guy just needs a break, dude. Like, just give him just. I mean, at like, this point, I think Todd Bully should come down to the dressing room and just give him like I don't know, give him the keys to a Spanish villa and say, just catch catch a catch a catch a plane, uh, Frank, head to the coast. I'll just take it from here. I'm in the dressing room, anyways. I might as well just call the shots, and 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 just because I mean that's that's an ex, that's exhausting. Like twenty games that you've only won once. Or you've seen your team win I mean, once. Now, in all honesty, but I will say this, and I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out here. We can we can discuss this. I don't know. I I I I feel uncomfortable saying that his record this second time around with Chelsea as manager. I don't know if this is entirely his fault, and I don't know if he is entirely to blame for the poor run that he's had since coming back. Um, no, I actually, I actually agree with you on that. Um, if anything, Frank Lampard, um, now that James Corden has, uh, you know, thankfully left American television, uh, screens, uh, and is, you know, hopefully heading back home, Frank Lampard needs to find him and give him the biggest mugging of a lifetime forever suggesting to Todd Bowley that, Hey, you need Frank Lampard to come back because, he, he, I, I kind of think he's just run out of ideas, and like he literally needs to go, like to, like you said, keys to a Spanish villa, go away for two years, let the heat die down from your recent, your your recent record, and maybe you know, look at some, look at some things tactics wise, you know, maybe you know, you know, look at, you know, talk with someone about some man management strategy, strategies, and then come back two to three years from now. With you know, with you know, fresh, fresher, and ready to actually give it another go. You know, you know what would be great for Frank Lampard actually if they had this kind of relationship. If Mourinho would sort of take him under his wing at Roma for like a couple seasons, just as, just so he gets a taste of of managing, because love him or hate him, Jose in, in Italy is like top tier Jose. He, like he's he's great in Italy. He's shown that time and time again. He's, he was did great at Inter the first time around. I think it's one of the only clubs where he didn't really have any sort of major, major fallout or failure or anything at the end. Um, just Real, That's why Real Madrid wanted him, and that's why he left. But I don't know. And, and he's doing good with Roma. Um, I, don't, I, I feel like it might be nice for him to just go there, spend some time with Jose, spend some time in the back room, you know, and and kind of take it step by step and just learn and just take some time to to be, you know, on the touchline but not be the guy, and then come back and, and and manage a team. I think he just needs kind of that coaching experience. I totally agree, and I yeah. would love to see the reality show of um, <laughs> Jose Mourinho's coaching school. You know, maybe we could That'd be great. Up- Maybe we could sign up Stevie G for that, or you know, if they wanted to do a spinoff with Klopp and Stevie G, I'd totally be able to watch that no, too. I, t- I tell you what, 
uh, no, it's it's Jose's coaching school, and we and we we send Frank Lampard out there and Mr. JT. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would. We could do Lampard. We could do uh, Mourinho's coaching school. We could do Klopp's coaching school with uh, with uh, Stevie G. Uh, probably not Carragher because I don't think I, I think he's too set. You know, set in. Uh, the booth at this point. I don't think he's ever going to be, uh, be anything but like a, uh, uh, you know, a TNT. A terrible pundit. Uh, uh, not bad. He's awful. I mean, it's terrible. You, you it's say terrible. he's awful. Yeah. Um, but I would love any, to see, any person who spits at children is, is an awful person. And that happened because it was on video. Um, but I would love to see maybe like Wayne Rooney. I don't know where, I don't know who he would go to. Um, because I, I kind of feel like, uh, Sir Alex would just have no time for him. Well, he's a DC. He's got his own. Yeah, he's got his own stuff going on. No, that's this is a good idea. I, I think this is. I think we can run with this. Maybe, Amazon, maybe, if you're maybe. listening, maybe Apple. Uh, Apple, yeah. we have a follow up to your Ted Lasso series. This one's much less positive. Yeah, maybe all, maybe all the golden generation English midfielders just need like a um, <laughs> to become like a manager's young boy for a couple seasons. You know, <laughs> that's phrasing. Um, <laughs> Assistant coach. It's just, it's, um, it's just, anyways, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's an impossible situation, isn't it? Though, for, for, I mean, he's he's basically got a Franken squad that is too big for the facilities that Chelsea own. It's one of the richest football clubs in the world, and so you know they have too many players when they can't fit them all into the the their own, you know luxury training ground and, and dressing rooms and stuff. And, and you know, he's just been asked to, to kind of guide the team out through a season. He knows it's not going to last beyond the season. It's, it's an impossible job. And, and yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a big mess. Although real quick, before we move on to another football topic, I, I just, I have to ask, cause I don't keep up with these kinds of things and I'm not necessarily disagreeing. What, why do we hate, why do we hate James Corden? Like, what is that about? Like explain, can you explain in a nutshell, why the internet hates him, or is it just the internet likes to hate people and he's one of the ones that they hate? Well, first of all, you said how like you don't you don't like anyone who spits on children. Uh, James Corden uh, is a known asshole to wait staff. Okay, well that's that's, and that's one. And second, second of all, I'll, okay, I'll admit. His stuff he did like on like comedy TV before he came over to America and did late night, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, no one's good at a, no one's good at American late night TV, and that's part of the you know he. There can only be there can only uh, you know what I'm gonna put it like this there can only be there can only be one Jimmy Fallon there can't be a, a an American version. In a British version, okay. So we clearly we clearly tolerate the American one, so we're just, we we can't do it for the British one. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I, I will say, I I think the golden age of late night talk television is is over. Oh yeah, no, it nothing it, against it, it, nothing against Stephen Colbert. He's wonderful. I love him, it, but I, I think it's it just, died it's when not John Stewart left The Daily Show. Yeah. And I mean, you had Letterman. Letterman was good. Leno was was good when he was when he was good. I mean, there was just an era where it was good, and then I think, 
I don't know. I th- I think the the Trump presidency kind of killed that kind of comedy because it stopped being funny. And then the pandemic really killed it. And now, I don't know if you know this, the writer's strike might kill it completely because they're not getting jokes, so they can't make shows. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, honestly, honestly, so no I think one... some of that is maybe just a tad harsh on James Corden, and and it's just it's dogpiling because that's what people do on the internet. But I see your point. Um, but I was gonna say, watching that match Tuesday. Just one more thing on Chelsea before we go. You know, it's you know Tiago Silva is just looking at himself. I'm like, damn, I left Paris for this. He's been their best player. He has been their best player. And like, but you could clearly see like yesterday during multiple times when just when uh, Martin Odegaard was like literally finding acres of space in the Chelsea box. That was there. There was no communication between anybody between between anybody in the midfield and the back line. And like I think it was Enzo Fernandez was just like they they were just like yelling back and forth, and you could see it. They were like gest- gesturing to each other, like you know you're supposed to be you know doing this, but you're over you know that. And he's just I, I just I feel bad for him, you know, because this yeah. is probably his his last you know big stop. I mean, he might play a couple seasons back in Brazil. I mean, or you know somewhere else. Who knows? But this is this is really you know. His, you know, the the last, the last big stop, yeah. But um, can we, what what's your next topic? So let's. Uh, so I, I kind of want to go back to 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 the craziness of the weekend. So, um, you know, uh, we we had some some just insane score lines. Like I said, you know, Bournemouth four leads one, which was one that I I didn't. I thought the game would be a lot closer. Uh, Brighton six, Wolves nil. Um, Palace forged West Ham three. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So I got some points to make about West Ham, but let's have a look at Liverpool four, Tottenham three, which was just <laughs> full of so many. There's so many layers to this game. It was just, I mean, and and after this game, um, so in true Spurs fashion, uh, they went down three nil within 15 minutes. Uh, this included a penalty by uh, uh, Mohamed Salah and a goal for the first time in a while for uh, Luis Diaz. Uh, Kane does Harry Kane things and brings them back uh, with a goal in the 40th minute. And that, you know, kind of gives him a little bit of a glimmer of hope. I mean, give it, I'll give him this because they, they've done this twice now in two weeks where they've gone down and it just looks like they do not give a shit and – they're going to get massacred, and then they make a comeback. So obviously, Ryan Mason is saying something right at halftime because you know he's he's been able to motivate them to actually start caring and to play. Uh, great goal by Hungman's son uh, to to win. I think the most disappointing aspect of the afternoon for Liverpool is the fact that uh, Richarlison scored his first goal of the season against them, um, and took off his shirt. To did you see the tattoo, Jordan? No, I did not see the tattoo, Adam. Uh, <laughs> I, I so was... Charleston takes off his shirt to reveal a tattoo on his back of Neymar, OG Ronaldo. Those are fine. 
Ed himself. He has himself <laughs> tattooed on his back. Okay. Alongside these okay. other Brazilian well, Brazilian greats. Well, now, yeah. th- there's just a lot to okay. unpack just within that tattoo alone. I mean, first of can, all, can, you're putting yourself on the same pedestal as Neymar and OG Ronaldo? Really? Yeah. Okay, can I can I throw a, a little a, a little uh, a little uh, synchronicity for um, fans of American football? Okay, okay. Um, this reminds me of the episode. I, I think it was a Hard Knocks episode where they like interviewed Cam Newton at his house, and in his house he has three portraits on a wall. <laughs> it's Martin Luther King Jr., okay, yeah. Barack Obama, nice, all right, I, I, and himself. <laughs> what? Yes, yes, it is. Bra- it is Martin Luther King Jr., Barack Obama, and himself. Do you remember uh, to bring us back to football? Do you remember the? I believe it was short-lived, i.e., one season of. Uh, it was. It, it aired on Fox Soccer Channel. So you may not remember this, and I want to say this is. Oh man. I want to say. Twenty thirteen, maybe. Uh, there was a, like a a series over. The, I think it aired over the summer, called "Being Liverpool." Yes. Okay, and this is during the Brendan Rodgers era of love of being Liverpool. And this is the Lucas Levia ep- uh, uh, era of yes, uh... yes. Lucas Leva was that. Uh, I mean, I'll say Raheem Sterling is a youth player in this in this series. That's how that's how far back we're going. So and I, I and I think some of it was like behind the scenes stuff. In one of the episodes, I think they went to Brendan Rodgers' house, and I'm pretty sure he has a portrait. He had at one point at that time a portrait of himself in his own house, which is just I that I get for some people it might be like a power move, but I just can't. I, I can't ever see putting a portrait of myself. So, like I'll put pictures of myself with other people. In my like that that makes uh, sense like because you're with other people and these are the people you yes. love and, and you have them there but I can't imagine a portrait of myself I would rather have a portrait of my dog Teddy than a portrait um, of myself in the house. So now you're making me think of other people that have that have had <laughs> portraits of themselves in their household. Um, Jim Nance, okay, noted noted commentator. <laughs> yeah, don't hate um, him. <clears throat> actually got divorced. From a wife because he could not put up a portrait of himself in their household. <laughs> you got to have your red line. You got to have your your, your lines. That's has been this drawn is, in the this, sand. This is also the the same guy uh, who loves the Masters, not not golf, just the Masters so yeah. much that like the night before, he walks out onto a fairway and just and is just shoeless because he just wants to feel the grass. Okay, like now he wants, be, he wants to be connected to the masters. Can I say, if I had the money and the power and the know-how and all that stuff, I probably would do something like that too. Because, like you, I mean, let's be honest. We've we've all seen the masters on television. It's absolutely beautiful. You can't tell me you don't want to walk barefoot in that grass and just lay on it. Like it's like it's got to be like a blanket. I I I, I understand. I understand. I get that, that. one. I mean. I understand that, but at the same time, the pretentiousness of you know just <laughs> wanting to be closer to the masters is what I'm coming for. Is the yeah. angle I'm I, I'm looking at here. So, anyways, yes, this is so. So we now know the tattoo that is on Richarlison's back is of himself, Neymar, and Ronaldo. So he scores the presumably the equalizer in 
the in the third minute, and it's it looks like it's happened again. Tottenham have equalized, and it looks great. And holy crap, they've come back, and wow, what a collapse by Liverpool. And then uh, Lucas Mora, who for some reason was playing at a left at a right back. I, I don't again, not sure why he was there. Um, I totally, mean, was Pedro Porro not available? I, I don't. Well, I think he. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, um, I'm just looking back to see whether I'm, I'm guessing he was subbed out at some point. Yes, so, was, so Lucas Mora comes joke, on. <laughs> Lucas Mora does come on for Pedro Porro. And uh, in the 90th minute, three minutes later, Richarlison scores. And then we learn why it's a bad idea to put Lucas Mora to right back because he just completely fucks up his, his job and sends the ball backwards and it uh, goes uh, ends up at the path of Diego Hota who scores uh, the, the game winner. Now, this is all crazy enough, right? Like this is insane. This is a wonderful game. It's a, it's instant classic level, you know, stuff and just the epitome of Spursiness. But then Jurgen Klopp has to, like he always does, steal the spotlight by, for some unknown reason, running up to the fourth official to I don't know gloat because in his mind they had done something during this game that had led Liverpool to giving up an equalizer to Richarlison in the third minute of stoppage time and just completely collapsing, because that doesn't happen this season. Uh, and then in the process of doing that and celebrating, pulls his hamstring. And it can be seen sort of pulling up and and you know having to limp back to his spot. Instant karma that was absolutely fantastic. Touchline ban, for sure, has to come down from the FA. There's absolutely no question. Because there is zero, there is no reason for him to have done that. And I think it's time that we nip this shit in the bud. As funny as it is to watch him limping away from the referee, this has gone on far enough. It needs to stop. And I can hear a bunch of Liverpool fans shouting at whatever device they're listening on saying, what about this manager? What about that manager doing this? Blah, 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 whatever. No, Sorry. You don't have a leg to stand on here. This was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life. For what, Adam? Why? You are there's, next. You, you are a, next level with your jokes, sir. The the don't have this don't have a leg to stand on yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I I agree. I I agree to a certain point that yes, this need this 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 hysteronics needs to be limited uh, because he's just he's just he's overdoing it. However, if he took it into a different direction and started being more theatrical with his over celebrations. Like, you know, maybe when they score, when they score like a 94th minute winner, instead of like running up to the fourth official, maybe he just reaches over and hits them with a stone cold stunner. (laughs) I would be like, okay, fair game. You, you you brought some theatricality to this. Let's go. Make it make sense. (laughs) Make it make sense. You know, maybe maybe just go run up to a touchline camera and throw out the DX, or you know, uh, crotch job. I'd be all for that if he wants to go go next level with the celebrations. By all means, continue. But see, here's the thing: for like, and I understand celebrating. Like it was, it's exciting. And if he wanted to like take off, and if if he took off like running down the touchline to celebrate, and he pulled us, I'd I'd feel bad for him because you know he was trying to celebrate with his team, and he just happened to to injure himself. you know, but it's just the fact that he, re- for what, 
what I mean, there was nothing that the officials did to affect this game. Even if you say, well, 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 Oliver Skip should have been sent off. So, so should Diego Hota. He should have been sent off too. So yeah. it evens out. It's, it's the same. You see, so you can't make one argument without making the other. So, I, I'm sorry, but no. And and the the comments that he made after the game uh, about I think it was referee Chris Tierney having some sort of agenda uh, against them. Uh, the FA has come out and they're charging him with it, and rightfully so. And so between between what he said and and between uh, that and and just the absolute stupidity of him running up and getting into the face of the fourth official after that or after that the the winner, he should he should be banned for at least a game. I agree. I honestly think he should be banned for the rest of the season. Uh, that way, we that. can just go ahead and ensure Newcastle, you know, qualifies for the Champions League. <laughs> Um, but no, I, 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 I agree with you. he, he, I was going to say just like where Charleston embodies all of the bad habits of the, of the original Ronaldo, um, Jurgen Klopp, uh, uh, you know, uh, has all the bad habits of God, what, 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 what managers really kind of maybe Sir Alex, I mean, but he even he didn't do that. He would just eviscerate you with his words, and then influence officials. Um, you I'm, know, try then try and influence officials before and after games. I'm trying to think of managers who may be celebrated a little bit more than you know, let's say Arsene Wenger, because I think he was the he is the epitome of stoicism. Mourinho was a pretty he would he would go he'd take off down touch he he'd do some some pretty big celebrating on this. But I, I don't. I don't ever remember him like getting up into the face of the official like that. In a, in a when celebrating, like yeah, like that, like so he maybe, he would do it, you know, in other in other ways. But maybe he's taking the habits of Mourinho to another to an, another level. Yeah. And well, it's just and again, I, I don't mind celebrating. I don't mind the you know. I think that's one of the the reasons people like Klopp is he's, he's he gets really into it and he's passionate and people like that. It's over the top sometimes, but I, you know, hey, I, I don't, I don't really mind that. But when it comes to just this babe, this childlike behavior of, you know, running up to the fourth official like he wanted you to lose that game. Come on, man, stop. I mean, if anything, Liverpool have been helped tremendously under Klopp by some, let's just say, incredibly favorable refereeing decisions that have gone their way. So I mean, is it, if is they it, if they feel like they, the referees' decisions are not going their way, it's because they've been going your way for a long, long time now, and the pendulum swung the other way. Tough luck. I mean, I I, I think there's a new nickname for Liverpool. It's Live VAR Pool. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's that's and and they've they've definitely had some bar decisions go against them that haven't been fair, but so has everybody. But they have had a lot that have, that have greatly favored them. So I'm not gonna I. I I, I don't know this this whole you know playing the victim thing isn't very attractive. All right, so I I got something for you. Well, uh, do we want to talk about Tottenham on the flip side of this? Are we, are they going to win another game this season? Uh, I, I I really maybe maybe we'll we'll you know uh, you know curve it back to Tottenham maybe after the next time. Uh, they, 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 they collapse again. 
just because this is this has become a habit of theirs in the in the uh, recent months since they uh, let go since Antonio Conte left the club. Um, so, well, because you had mentioned when when they went down three 0 to Liverpool, this Harry, Harry Kane's Harry Kane's gone, right? Like he's he's out of there. Yeah, no, he's I, 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 you know I you know where he's change. you know where he's going. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to Real Madrid. Now, okay, I, the, last I heard, they had launched, and maybe not for this summer, but but maybe perhaps the next summer. But they they have la- officially launched Project Holland. So they want to they want to prize him away from City at some point. I mean, of course, the they also way, had Project Mbappe, and we see how that worked out. So. I, I mean, maybe the only way they're going to get Erling Holland off of Manchester City is when they get uh, dissolved because of financial uh, fair play. Um, yeah, one can dream. Speaking of Erling Holland, I, I, I saw something on TikTok when I was scrolling, and uh, it, it, it kind of bothered me. Uh, <clears throat> um. I, it, but like it was one of those things where I saw it and then I skipped and I went to the next video, obviously because of the algorithm, and then I just never came back to it. Otherwise, I'd have showed it to you. It was a bunch of guys doing probably another podcast, a little bit more professional than ours. But uh, the guy comes in with the hot sports opinion that there was no, there is no way he could ever, you know, consider Erling Holland either winning a Ballon d'Or. Or being considered the best the best footballer in the world. What? Because because football and he said this because football it's a it, there is roman there is a romanticism to it, and huh? I, I, I I I'm being frank here. Yeah. Yes, Erling Holland. Sometimes his play is not you know it's not it's not romantic, but there is a bit of a rom- romanticism in a his physical dominance. And how just impressive his goal acumen is, like the 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 equivalent to my the the equivalent to me when I think of Erling Holland is I think of like prime Shaquille O'Neal. Like there's not another athlete like him on the planet. Yeah, and that's, good. that's a good comparison. If he wants to, he is going to own you. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I mean, and, I don't. And, I don't. I, I don't like that argument, and the, the reason is because I think. I, I don't think this person would have. Compared. I don't think this person would have said that about Cristiano Ronaldo. Who I think you could have said was perhaps less romantic, air quotes in in that sense. Than Lionel Messi. Because Messi was you know smaller. He you know he he. He was, you know, he con- he controlled the game. He 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 influenced the game. He was in the middle of everything, and he was, you know, pinging balls this way and that way, and he'd go on these amazing runs and things like that. And Ronaldo was, I think, more represented power. You know, he he would pull off these amazing headers, and he would just smack the crap out of the ball, and it would go into the net. And but then he'd, you know, go on these runs and get up and 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 chip the goalkeeper and do this. He could pretty much do everything. But I don't think he would have said the same thing about Ronaldo that he did about. Holland and I would compare their styles. I think it's it's a lot of it's a lot based on power and just you know, like you said, just sort of wanting it and wanting to influence the game and using their physical strength and their their finishing ability to make things happen. And more importantly, too, um, honestly, on in terms of like breaking out, I think 
Erling Holland is an incredible piece to use in terms of getting players, like getting midfielders to run around the corner because he's going to sit up at that halfway line. Like I think that um, what one of the De Bruyne goals from the weekend, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. It was the Arsenal game from the Arsenal game. Oh yeah. Yes. yes uh, sorry. Erling Holland just, you know, collects the ball at ha- at the halfway line, takes one touch and then boom, just puts it around the corner for Kevin De Bruyne to run into space and then, you know, kind of change direction towards the center of the box and put a shot past uh, um, Ramsdale. Yeah. I mean... He's got seven he, assists this season, Holland does. Yeah, seven assists. That's a good haul. Yes. <laughs> just, just, and that's, is, just, that's just in the Premier League. He is... The he's probably in turn he's the, he's probably if you're at the striker position he's the best player in the world. Oh, 100 percent. Um, if not, if not the the best, he's for the first time ever someone has scored 35 goals in a season in the Premier League, and that belongs to Holland. And when you think about what the Premier League is now compared to when the record was set before, and I think it was set by Henri. Yes. Um. Way way back when, it's way different now, and it's like it's it's even bigger. And you could argue that. You know, a lot of the opposition is tougher, and he just he he treats it like it's at times Holland just treats it like it's his playground. So, I think that's worth that's worth that, and I I I would say it's it's probably worth a Ballon d'Or. I, I I think so too, and I honestly, you know, if if Manchester City wins the treble this season, which is which is a real possibility, and he's already set the single season premier. I mean. He's honestly, with four games left, he is approaching first division football records for uh, goal yeah. scoring. Possibly. So he's got, so City have, so they play Leeds this weekend. Then they go to Everton. So that could be a lot of goals for him. They play Chelsea. So that could be a lot of goals for him. No, uh, so they play Chelsea. Then they play Brighton. That'll be a little bit tougher. Brentford, uh, again, that'll be a little bit tougher. Uh, that's the last game of the season. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, it's they've got some some tough games still to go, but I don't know. I, I mean, mean, with him in this kind of form and with 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 them the way they are, I think I think they've got this in the bag. I mean, realistically though, I can honestly see him scoring a, another six goals easy before the season's done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, especially I mean, you could, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. You could see that. I could see I him mean, scoring. I, I, I could honestly, I could see him, see him scoring five this weekend against Leeds. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder, I wonder if big Sam is going to, is, is going to approach uh sheet man, uh, in the box after the match and say, all right, how much for the big lad? because he is honestly Erling Holland is Sam Allardyce's uh, long ball wet dream (laughs) yeah that's pretty much phrases I never thought I would hear Um, (laughs) how much for the big lad from Norway Uh, he he would look great (laughs) being being up top by himself yes um uh, speaking of cities, they beat West Ham uh, by three goals to nil on Wednesday, and yes, Holland did score in that game. It's what, what took him to uh, to thirty five goals. Um, t- 
tell you what, they had a hard time against Fulham this weekend, uh, this weekend though. But uh, so that is after the four three defeat to Crystal Palace on Saturday, which was just atrocious. Uh, and then the midweek loss to Liverpool in the middle of the week. That's three straight losses for West Ham. They played Manchester United this weekend. They have Brentford, Leeds, and Leicester still to go in uh, the Premier League. They also play um, uh, AZ Alkmaar in the Europa Europa Conference League uh, semifinal. We are only four points out of the relegation zone, and I am very you're, concerned. You're going to – you know what's – uh, you know what? Would you consider the season the season a, a success if you come home with a European trophy? If you win the Europa Conference League, but you get relegated, I no, think you that have would not to, be successful. Right? No, relegation negates all of it. This team can't get relegated, and they especially can't get relegated and then play in the Europa League because that would just be a massacre. Like that, that would that would just be awful. I we we have oh. to stay up. There's no question. Honestly, honestly, Adam, in terms of teams that have to stay up, I think Everton, their situation is a little bit more dire. It seeing is, how but actually we're not as in bad of a shape, but yeah. Seeing how the owner still hasn't said, I'm going to you know, extend another line of credit to make sure the club has funding if it goes into the, to the championship. Yeah, Everton could be in a lot of trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, it's... It's sad. I think it's sad, but I, I, I would let's let's not let's not approach that until it actually happens because it's it's still very possible that Everton stay up. Um, but I mean, uh, like, uh, you know, from a West Ham perspective, I mean, I, I, I don't know how we're how we beat Manchester United on Sunday. Um, we go to Brentford. That's gonna suck. Then we host Leeds. That's going to be, oh my god! I just realized that it's going to be Big Sam coming back to uh, to West Ham and playing against David Moyes. This could literally be the most negative game we've ever seen in our entire lives. Um, uh, um, will football, like, will football as we know it and love it? Will it like literally like implode <laughs> like a bl- like it's like like it's. It's come to the event horizon of a negative tactic black hole. <laughs> That's on May the twenty first, and then we go to we go to Leicester. So I mean, we're we're playing, you know, we're playing those those relegation teams. I mean, so after this weekend, we've got three games that I I mean I don't know, man. It's this is it, this is uh, this is this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it gets real. Like this is we we've, we've been looking at this, and for a while we were like. Hey, you know, maybe West Ham will be okay and they'll stay up. But, it, I mean, it's – four points is nothing. Four points in a weekend, that changes. So – and it could – I mean, it could well change this weekend. So uh, I'm not I, super confident at the moment. I'm, I'm more 50-50. Um, I, I, I personally hope you could do me a solid uh, this weekend. <laughs> Because Don't there will be nothing that. more. You can't count on this team to um, for doing your solids. Because uh, there would be nothing more uh, more funny to me than, than uh, maintaining my position because you, you you helped me out there, Adam. I will uh, say that, I mean, credit to, to, to us. I think we maybe dodged, dodged some bullets, but we, we, did, we held City scoreless for the first half. So, I mean... 
Um, and that, I mean, we, we had uh, Flynn Downs um, playing without, and there was no Rice or uh, um, Suchek. Uh, Will somebody please tell David Moyes that he can make more than three subs in a game? Uh, For real, like what? What let, the let me, what the hell, man? Like, can I on. ask you a question? Uh, because I assume I assume every manager kind of has like an updated rule book. Maybe maybe David Moyes is just operating on an old system. You know, maybe he still has the rule book from when he first became a coach, <laughs> and it's all well. That might mean there'd be no subs. Um, yeah, no, he was maybe, he didn't start that quite that. It was with Preston in the late '90s, so I think by then they at least had the three subs. So yeah, maybe that's what it's like. Anyways, he, yeah, he hasn't updated his he hasn't updated the rule book. He's like, oh wow, maybe he'll like five subs. No way. Uh, Rice, Aguirre, and uh, Susek were listed as having quote gastrointestinal discomfort. I feel that's I feel you. Um, um, it pizza? also kind of it also kind of seems. Um, just kind of convenient considering that uh, we've got a, an important game against Man United this weekend. And if I had to say which one of those we would win, we would be more likely to win with a healthy squad at Man City or against Man United at home, I would probably go with the latter. So I'm, I'm wondering if how much that discomfort was or if it was more along the lines of, <laughs> is your <laughs> hey, Declan, is your stomach hurting? No, boss. Why? He just like punches him in the stomach. Oh, is it now? Yes. Okay. You're you're gonna sit this game. No. Uh, uh, what <laughs> happened is uh, is David Moyes uh, in uh, Suchex and uh, Declan Rice's water bottles. Uh, he put a little bit of X lax in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, hopefully like, they're like he, they're back for the weekend. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So what? Uh, what else I want to I want I want to talk about? Oh, well, let's see um, here. Let me just I mean, if I want to tell you what, let me let me just give a quick little rundown of of what happened since Saturday, and and we'll we'll go through the scores real quick, and and we'll go back to one that that you kind of find interesting, and, and we'll we'll talk about that real quick as, as sort of a final topic. So, so we started out Saturday, Crystal Palace four, West Ham three. Um, it's just. Terrible. You score three games, you should be at least getting a point from Selhurst Park. Uh, Brentford 2, Nottingham Forest 1. Uh, Forest took the lead in that one, but Ivan Tony and then the late goal from uh, Joshua De Silva uh, gave Brentford a big win there that really, really helped West Ham. So thank you, Brentford. Um, Brighton 6, Wolves 0. Uh, not the biggest win they had this week, though. Fulham 1, uh, Man City 2. Sorry, Caleb. It was a very valiant effort. Um, Fulham took the lead after 15 minutes, but City did uh, their City things. No, sorry, they, they equalized after on the 15th minute, but uh, Alvarez scored before halftime, and City ran out 2-1 winners. We mentioned Newcastle 3, Southampton 1. Very good, solid uh, solid win there. Born with four leads, 1. Man United beat, Man United beat Aston Villa 1-0 on Sunday. It's a big win for United. Uh, Liverpool 4, Tottenham 3. Uh, the loser goes down. Derby Leicester versus Everton finished in a two-two draw because, of course, it did. Um, Jamie Vardy scoring once again for the Foxes. Um, uh, but uh, oh, what is his name? I, I just blanked. What is his first name? Alex. My goodness, Alex Iwobi uh, got the equalizer for Everton. 
to give them a point from the King Power Stadium. Uh, on Tuesday, it was Arsenal 3, uh, Chelsea 1, Man City beat West Ham 3-0 on Wednesday. Liverpool beat Fulham 1-0 also on Wednesday. And then just today on Thursday, Brighton beat uh, Manchester United by a goal to nil, a very, very late Jamie McAllister penalty. Thank you to a re- thanks to a review from VAR, uh, which is I think is the first time that uh, Roberto De Zerbi has had a VAR decision go go his uh, his way this season. So, uh, so what from that? What what what's what's a give me a couple morsels from that? What what would you like to uh, talk about here as we're we're wrapping things up? Um, well, I want to, I want to, I want a quick shout out, uh, to, to my boy, Sean Long, uh, Sean Longstaff, uh, hope he gets, uh, healthy soon because yeah, uh, broke his ankle at Everton. Oh, oh God. I mean, so maybe that was a penalty, you know, uh, you make a late challenge and you, you know, you roll a guy off, uh, you know, off the touchline and yeah, you break his ankle. Uh, thank you. Um, so that, you know, that leaves us with. only three true midfielders so you know kind of gotta cross your fingers um uh for you know make sure the 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 magpies stay healthy you know through the end of the season um one thing i I, god what was it um can i ask you a question real quick yeah what's up fire away you get arsenal on sunday Yes. Would you rather beat Arsenal in a way that assures City win the title, or would you be okay with them winning if it meant City didn't three-peat? No. Absolutely okay. want to win here. Okay. Uh, because, I, I'll be honest with you, this I'm just is just saying, you're, con- just, you're condemning us to a life under a City dictatorship. Uh, this is just for personal reasons. Okay. Um, because the, uh, the, the results, uh, between, uh, United, uh, have gone my way so far and I want that $120. (laughs) Okay. So, Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that was just wondering, that's, that's a big game this weekend. Uh, anything else? Um, well, you know what? It's, 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 we're about to enter transfer window time. Uh, because I already saw false rumors that uh, Newcastle United have put in have put in a verbal a verbal uh, offer for eighty million uh, for Rafinha from uh, Barcelona. So, uh, <laughs> well, they do need they do need the cash. So that could be correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Barcelona cannot enact another economic lever because I think they're out of levers. Yeah, at this, this point, is the Rafinha lever. <laughs> this is the we have to sell players lever. Um, but no, I'm just, uh, honestly, I'm, this is, this is what I love about the sport. Just the chaos, uh, uh, that we, uh, you know, we're getting towards the end, towards the end of the season because yes, top four is still up for grabs. Um, there is still a title race between the top two teams and there's a race, there's a race to the bottom, literally. (laughs) And it's surprising the number of teams that are technically in the race for the bottom, you know, uh, seasons past this, 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 what, you know, this relegation battle would kind of already been settled, you know, but it's still so wide open. Yeah. And again, I mean, this um, is just because we're going so late into May that you, should, gonna, you feel like this, do you feel like this should almost be the penultimate weekend this weekend, but it isn't, it's, we still got a long ways to go. Is it, 
does this season have a little bit of 2010-2011 uh, Premier League season? The season before Newcastle came back up, it's, it's when they were down the championship. But I believe it's the one where I, I think Blackpool, uh, Wolves, I think Leeds... There was like five teams who on the last It wasn't Leeds because Leeds were not in the Premier League okay. at that point. Yeah, so I mean it was it was pretty close at the end of that. So you, so you, thank you for bringing back uh, bad memories, Jordan, because West Ham were already relegated by that time. They were uh, 20th, uh, which is where they finished. So Blackpool, Birmingham City, um, Wolves, Wigan, and I even think possibly Blackburn were, were in – Kind of in that fight, Blackburn may have already been safe. I'm I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, they were all within a few points of each other, and Blackpool and Birmingham City ended up uh, ended up going down. Maybe we'll come down to the final day. Oh, it's definitely like come down to the final or, day to some extent. Yeah. Where, there, where, where there's going to be like three or four teams who have like a realistic chance of going down, and it's going to come down to who could get a point when it's needed and goal difference. Yeah. And so maybe maybe you're only maybe giving 3 to Manchester City will be a boon to you Adam at some point in the future. Uh So let's have a look at that table. Uh so after this midweek the the midweek games so uh we have City who are top and they still do have a game in hand against Arsenal who are their latest their nearest challengers. City on 79 points, Arsenal on 78, Newcastle up to third. Uh, on 65 points, Man United to earn fourth on 63 points. Uh, Liverpool, who have played one more game than those two teams, are on 59 points. They sit in fifth. Brighton uh, up to sixth after their win against Manchester United today. Tottenham uh, dropped to seventh after that result. They're on 54 points. They're even on points now with Aston Villa. That's, again, very impressive by, by Aston Villa this season, uh, second the second half of the season. Uh, Brentford are in ninth on 50 points. Fulham still top half the table uh, in 10th. Crystal Palace, who after that win this weekend, can probably be considered safe. They're on 40 points. Um, Chelsea, again, not impossible that they that they would be relegated, but probably impossible. They're on 39 points in 12th, uh, same amount of points as Bournemouth. If you'd have said at the beginning of the season that Chelsea will have the same amount of points as Bournemouth, I'd have said, my goodness, what happened at Chelsea. Wolves uh, in 14th uh, on 37 points. West Ham have 34 points. Um, Leicester leads just outside of the top four, or of the bottom three, excuse me, on goal difference uh, only. They're on 30 points, as are Nottingham Forest. Everton with 29 points, and Southampton are bottom of the points. So Forest, Everton, Southampton are your bottom three. Uh, but as I said, it's still very, very tight. Uh, so this weekend's going to be kind of weird. Uh, because of the midweek games, we've had some games move. There's three games on Monday. So we don't get started on Saturday until 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Eastern time. Bournemouth versus Chelsea. Wolves versus Aston Villa. Man City versus Leeds. That's the USA Network game. And Tottenham against Crystal Palace. Again, those are all 10 a.m. kickoffs on Saturday. Uh, Liverpool and Brentford also on USA Network. That's going to be a 12.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Two games on Sunday. Newcastle versus Arsenal is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And I said this was a weird weekend. At 2 o'clock Eastern Time on a Sunday, which you never have, West Ham hosts uh, Manchester United at the London Stadium. 
on Monday, May the 8th, uh, which, oh, I know why this is a weird weekend. Uh, it's a bank holiday on Monday, which I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, so on Monday, we have a 10 a.m. kickoff, Fulham and Leicester, a 12.30 p.m. kickoff Eastern time for between Brighton and Everton, and then a 3 p.m. Eastern time kickoff between Nottingham Forest and Southampton. And, of course, those games are happening on Monday because May the 6th is the coronation of King Charles, uh, who is ascending the throne. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not as up to date on the royal stuff as as you might expect me to be. But, uh, yeah, that that's happening this weekend. So, apparently, I mean, they have invited I mean, the Premier League clubs, Jordan, to play the national anthem before kickoff and have a portrait of King Charles in the stadium displayed um, up on the monitors. I'm going to just gonna go out on a limb here and say you're inviting some some heckles by um, doing that, li- but if you want Liverpool to, go for it. This weekend is my, is my question. Uh, yes, are, they are. are. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so probably so, not there. Um, I wouldn't do which, it there. Which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. Um, so I think it was a semifinal of the Scottish Cup between Rangers and Celtic. Uh, the Celtic fans sang the lines you could take your coronation and shove it up your ass. So uh, we clearly know how some people in the United Kingdom feel about the coronation of the soon-to-be new new king. Um, I'm just wondering, Adam, have you gotten out the velvet pillow for which you're <laughs> to, to place before uh, you take the knee? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I, I mean... The only thing I will say, it, it is historic. We haven't seen this happen in a long, long time. Um, you know, it, it is fueling tourism. I mean, there's no question about that. I think I saw an article the other day that North American tourism to the UK is has raised up to levels that I think are, I, I think they're, they're certainly higher than, than you know, the immediate post pandemic time but I, I i think they're 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 higher than even pre pandemic so <clears throat> so obviously it's it's doing something but i you know i've never been a big i've never been been big into that into that stuff um, uh, uh, so so i was going to i was going to uh, as we t- uh, as we talk a little bit about the coordination i was going to say how, did you notice some of the uh some of the items that are you know Used as a part of this coronation, um, the Stone of Destiny and I believe the Sword of Temporal Justice. It almost sounds like you're trying to build a Skyrim character, and those are uh, <laughs> items you can equip uh, to buff your stats. Like, <clears throat> by the way, just real quick, I will have no Skyrim. Uh... Uh, I will have no Skyrim abuse on this program. It is an amazing game, and if Caleb were here, he would agree with me. But yes, please continue. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, if you're, if you're playing like, if you're, if you're going to play a dex, uh, a dex build, or you're going strength, I mean, is it better <laughs> to have this, this, the Stone of Destiny? <laughs> I mean, okay. You know what? I will say, yes. It this this stuff does uh, does sound funny to uh 
an American American mind. Oh God, yeah. Um, but we all we we all yearn for uh, you know tradition uh, and the I would say I would say a bit of mystic like a feeling of mysticism or like you know etherealness in our lives. Um, I just want a bank holiday. That's like that's like it. Uh, just because I, I kind of felt the same way uh, spent going to uh, church on Easter with my in-laws as a favor to my mother-in-law. Um, I, I believe it was a non-denominational church. I'm not going to name the church. Right. However, I was more – I was unimpressed to see the fact that it was uh, – to see the fact that it, on stage was a, a bassist, <laughs> a rhythm guitarist – a lead guitarist, a guy with an acoustic who was also lead vocals, a female vocalist, and then a guy with a drum kit. I swear to God, Adam, the the lead guitarist had a fucking pedal set up at his feet. Hey, and man, I'm, this is and, like the highlight of their week. You just got to let him have it. And I'm like sitting there thinking, okay, so when he's playing this worship song, is he about to bust out like some Pink Floyd riffs here? I, I'm, I'm sitting there in, in my mind thinking – and we gave up Catholicism for this, you know, <laughs> because because at least like with the traditions of a high church, you know, there is a sense of divinity to like the incense, the, uh, you know, the, the stained glass, the, the, the organ. And there it, it, it's kind of rang hollow <laughs> that I was watching a, a Kings of Leon concert. Oh, boy. OK, so, uh, yeah, coronation this weekend. Um, that's going on, and so that'll be that'll just be interesting to watch. It's going to add an interesting flavor to your Premier League uh, this weekend. A few other football notes: uh, Huddersfield are safe, I believe now. Thank you, uh, Neil Warnock, for keeping the Terriers up, and that also means that Reading, who have our friend um, Andy Carroll in their ranks, uh, they have been relegated to League One, which. To me, is kind of surprising considering it doesn't seem like that long ago they were back in the Premier League. So uh, that that one's that's a big, I don't know, that's a big that's a big uh, shock for me. Although I I think they may have been docked points this season for financial issues, so that might be that 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 might be a uh, a point of contention. Let's just say after the season. If I remember correctly, I believe they were they were dark points, but so I, I as, as of right, dark, which, as uh, of right now, Reading are, are down and are heading down to League One. Which, speaking of docked points, did it irk you a little bit to see that Juventus has now jumped back up to third and regained all of their points that they were docked because of the appeal process? <laughs> yes, but I can only—I mean, as an AC Milan. Uh, fan. I mean, we can only blame ourselves. They've been pretty woeful in the second half of the season. But I'm glad you brought up Serie A because today we had a once-in-a-generation occurrence. Napoli have officially been named winners of the Scudetto. They are they are champions of Italy for the first time in 33 years. And if there's there's a lot of videos online showing the city of Napoli celebrating that, you should go and look at them. A lot of fireworks. Um, they made the pitch at Udinese when they won. Um, 
not sure, and perhaps someone can describe this, can explain this to me. And I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm just, I'm very curious, genuinely curious as to why this was the thing. But uh, not sure why there was a Napoli fan on the pitch celebrating their title win by waving the the stars and bars Confederate flag um, on the pitch. I had to go back and look at the Paramount, but by the stream on Paramount Plus, and like rewind it just to make sure I saw that right, and I did. So I'm not sure what that's about. I'm not sure if that's a f- I, I I don't understand that one. But I don't um, understand that. Well one done either. to Napoli. <laughs> maybe there was just a, a bit of loss in translation. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean honestly, maybe maybe there was like a you know because let's be frank here. The the number the the number of flags like in terms of usage in America I think peaked during the Trump presidency. And then through his campaign in 2020. After that, I kind of feel like the tr- like the, the the flag era in the U.S. has passed a little bit. So what happens when you have all those excess flags, Adam? That's true. They got to go, go somewhere. somewhere. So maybe somewhere. maybe there's a bunch of let's go Brandon flags. <laughs> it did definitely didn't say that. It didn't. Uh, it did not say let's go Brandon. It was just. It was genuinely just the Confederate flag, which was jarring well, enough. Maybe, maybe there's just a bunch of let's go Brandon flags fluttering throughout Southern Italy because they have no idea what what the meaning what it is. is. It's just that oh, <laughs> let's go Brandon. There's like all right, this is an affirmation. <laughs> oh my god! All right, but yeah, so well done to Napoli. Um, last time that they won the Premier League, Jordan, who can care to guess who was playing for Napoli the last time they won the Serie A? Uh, 33 years ago. Oh, uh, of course. The king of the snow himself. Uh, (laughs) Diego Maradona. (laughs) I mean, who can forget? Yes, I know. Who can forget the ultimate, the ultimate footballer powered by cocaine? Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing, well, I'm wearing his, uh, his Jersey is a, is a sign of respect. I was going to say, speaking of, did you see what the fans of Napoli built? I think around the stadium, they built an actual cemetery for the other teams of the uh, of the, uh, the uh, of Syria. Ah, that's a bit extreme. They're not dead. You just beat them. <laughs> and the only thing I can think of is maybe they have dug up Diego Maradona's body and they're going to venerate okay. him like a saint. <laughs> God. Uh, all right, we gotta we, we gotta get going. This is starting to go into a different direction. All right, uh, I mean, lots of Premier uh, League. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, don't don't you have to li- to to live stream weather uh, weather events up in Oklahoma? No, we everything's fine. Uh, we had a lot of rain today, and that pretty much took all the steam out of the atmosphere. So we we did not have any. Actually, there was last I checked before I logged on, there was a tornado warning uh, north of Nakona in Cook County. Down your direction, so you might actually want to have a look at the weather and make sure nothing's coming your way. Eh, I'm not worried about it. Okay, God's um, gonna kill me in a way different manner than a tornado. Trust me, okay. I won't get that quick of a death. <laughs> Just not even gonna touch that topic. Uh, Premier League uh, back this weekend. Lots of good matches. Um, we hope you enjoy them. Uh, along with uh, the coronation, if that's your thing. If it's not, just enjoy the football. Um, thanks for joining us again this week for our football talk and our nonsense talk. Uh, just a few more episodes left in the season, and then we'll talk about the future later. But uh, Jordan, if you please, would please. 
let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's let's celebrate Big Sam by go eating some pies. Let's go eat some pies in honor of Big Sam. He's back. The Premier League is whole again. We hope you enjoy it this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week.